everyone, my name is Megan and this is Girl Almighty, a lifestyle podcast where I talk about everything and anything that I basically want to. Hi Annika, thanks for being on Girl Almighty podcast. Hi Megan, thanks for having me. I I have to tell the audience or our listeners we're literally mm. on Zoom with each other right now, and it's so mm-hmm. funny to me because I've never done it this way before. I hope that you love it and that I've contributed to the structure of the podcast. A hundred percent. So I start my podcast really out with how we know each other. And mm-hmm. we know each other from work. You are my Dutch princess. I mm. love calling Amen. you Amen. That. that is very cute. Yeah, I started seasonally last year and now it's it's been a year that we have crossed paths so i just feel like you're so good conversationally that like Um, i don't remember like meeting you i just know that i know you right (laughs) you know out of probably just everyone's social anxiety i probably never asked your name just read your name tag didn't use your name for a while and then just acted like i had always known your name and we had always been friends that happens all the time. I'm okay with it. We're always friends now. <laughs> okay, so to tell everybody, this podcast is going to be about, like, children's books, books that we read when we were younger. It's mm-hmm. super cool, super fun. Um, I want to ask you to just, just dive right in. What were your childhood reading experiences? Did you – what book started it for you? Do you have any of those? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, like, early childhood, um, like, more picture books and stuff, um, I would put Shel Silverstein illustrations up there. He was kind of my Tim Burton and all things spooky because I was, um, I grew up very conservative, and that was as spooky as it got for me. So I loved, like, Shel Silverstein. So then moving on to, like, chapter books, I guess, um, I loved the Magic Treehouse series. Magic School Bus, that's more picture book. Geronimo Stilton, The City of Ember. So my first ever, like, I love books experience was fourth grade. I can picture the library in my elementary school. Um, There's a new elementary school, first year there. And I remember picking up the first Harry Potter book, The Sorcerer's Stone. For a fourth grader, that's not normal, which is totally, I mean, it is. But, like, for fourth grade, like, you'd be reading like smaller books and before then I hated reading I hated reading so much I read like a picture book up until fourth grade like this the same one it was like a bunny one but when I picked up Harry Potter I could not stop and for some reason I was good at reading like I mm-hmm. I I'm a fast reader um mm-hmm. normally now nowadays I'm, I'm a mood reader but back then mm-hmm. I read Harry Potter up until I forget what book they didn't come out with, but, like, they kept coming out with books when I got older. And then I was, like, so obsessed with Harry Potter. But, yeah, Harry Potter was my go-to, like, oh, my God, I love reading uh, in fourth grade. When you had started reading it at the younger age bracket, did you have anyone that you could talk to about it in your friend group? That's so funny because, no, because I remember, too, Going, my mom used to go to a place uh, to work out, like a huge place, and they had childcare there. And I was in fourth grade, so my mom still put me in childcare because um, 
they had like a jungle gym in there. Um, nice. But I remember Good sitting time. on the sidelines while everyone's on jungle gym reading Harry Potter. And I remember one staff member came up to me, like some young kid, like, I don't know, like 15 years old, came up to me and he was like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, Harry Potter. And then they're like, oh, my God, I love that book. And I'm like, oh, my God, me too. And then that was it. So I never really had anybody to talk to about it, except when I got older, apparently everyone loves Harry Potter. Um, and I right. had no idea at the time. <laughs> love that. Magic Treehouse. I talked to you about this before. That's that's a back-in-time one, right? Yeah. Jack and Annie have a Magic Treehouse in their backyard that takes them to all different points in history. Dinosaur oh. era. Next one is, I think, Nights at Dusk in the Middle Ages. And they're all very short, self-contained, little uh, adventures, and they're a great time. I'm wondering, this is like a question I haven't discussed with you, so I'm very excited to hear your answer. Were you very impressionable by, like, books when you were younger? Like, did you want to be a historian because of Message Treehouse? Like, did you ever want to have a job when you got older because of books? Mm, that is a great question. I I always had an affinity for the action female, just an absolute girl baddie. And so Nancy Drew or, like, Harriet the Spy, like, any girl that was just, like, getting her sleeves dirty or whatever, that's what I wanted to be, for sure. I'm wondering, for me, because my – I literally – had so many dreams of becoming like an actress and then I wanted to be a paleontologist and then archaeologist Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. like I wanted to be like in NASA and I was like I wonder where I got those probably from books to be honest yeah Um, because there's always those like history books that you see that for kids are like discovery channel books or I can't think of National Geographic Mm -hmm. books for kids yeah and so I was always interested in those did you ever read um, the American Girl Doll books at all? I had Samantha Molly and another one as a American yeah. Girl Doll. The books, yeah. I think, they're like hardcover, right? Were they hardcover? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I had some. I I actually don't remember the book. I remember, yeah, I think I read the Kit Kittredge one. And that's, mm. you know, Nancy Drew vibes. The 1950s little journalist. Love that. So the next question I want to ask you, Annika, is, or topic I want to discuss with you is illustrations in children's books. Did you have a series or a book where, when you were younger, or even now, where you're like, wow, I remember this book because of the illustrations? Yeah. Um, I brought up Shel Silverstein once before, and I loved the ink drawings. Um, just a good line drawing is inspiring to anybody. Just a line drawing is just very accessible. You look at it and it, there's, it's very easy to digest, but then there's always a level of proficiency and like expertise that makes the artist their own style. And I like to draw a lot as a kid too. And so that was just like a good, I don't know, inspiration. Like, uh, I, I know I can't draw like Shell Silverstein, but he makes just a single ballpoint pen look so good. So I like Shell Silverstein a lot. And then we talked about Geronimo Stilton, which I know you hadn't read, but it was about a mouse in New York. And that the illustrations were okay, but what I related to and loved 
was that they used like Microsoft Word Word art. Like every other line <laughs> had a different like very animated word. They would like make cheese look like a slice of mozzarella or whatever. And I loved that. I was like, there are no rules. Whatever you want a book to be like, it can be like that. And that was inspirational to me. Um, I got to tell you, so I don't think you said you read this, but my go-to illustration book, when I think about illustration children's books, I think of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It was terrifying to me when I was younger because when I was like seven years old my teachers would read that every Halloween and there was like three different books and um back then I hated that so much because I was terrified of everything yeah but the thing is when I got older like okay so (laughs) secret time so I just bought the book as an adult the stories were stupid kind of creepy in some Uh. aspects but all mm-hmm. I can think of was this art is terrifying. So It holds up. It does. And so I, as an adult, I was more scared of the art than I was of the stories. Um, mm. But, like, when I was a child, it was it flipped. But the art, you see the scary stories tell in the dark art, like, in the regular, like the original books. It, it's kind of like line art, um, not as simplistic as Shell, but... It's kind of watercolor-y with some line art, and, like, it's a lot of dead people, if that makes any mm. sense. Mm-hmm. So it's creepy. There's no eyes, but they're shaded. Like, the art is is different. Um, the artist is different than the author. So I forget who the artist is, but, oh, God, that stuff with me. And it still does. I am looking it up uh, right now, and, yeah, they did a great job being just thoroughly unsettling. Yes. I still, like, I like I read the, like I said, the book in, like, ten minutes, the first book, uh, mm-hmm. like, literally last week. Uh, and I was like, these stories are stupid. But I'm like, oh, that dead girl, though, that picture of that dead girl really freaked me out. You know what else had no right being as scary as it was for me was where the wild things are. So cute and precious. But it's I, I've never seen the movie because it makes me uncomfortable how kind of scared I am of it in a way mm-hmm. if that makes any sense to like mm-hmm. an adult giant Muppet. Um, Muppets just, are nobody's a, friends even when they're on Sesame Street just the art I swear like the movie's probably great I should see art that's kind of like oh okay I do want to talk like a little bit about super detail art versus simplistic for like kids so Chicka Chicka Boom Boom is like the simplest you can go yeah. For art. If no one knows mm-hmm. Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, it's literally just, how do you like, a painted leaf. But it's, when I say a leaf, it's really a shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like kids can either be two, go two ways. They can go simplistic or they can go, I wouldn't say detailed. Kids don't have that um, big of a mind yet to know what they like. <laughs> right. Right. This is for a younger development uh, level mind. Correct. So you showed me Chicka Chicka Boom Boom, like the the mm-hmm. um, the book, and then you showed me like a very hungry cal- caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that is an iconic art book, and I mm-hmm. and that should have been the first book I've ever talked about on this podcast, but I didn't. Um, yeah. But I I feel like every kid made crafts with it in art. Yes, we and, all had that phase. Yeah, we did. 
And so the art of that is what is it? Watercolor? No, it's like it's some kind of paint. Yeah. Well, from what I remember from my preschool unit on Eric Carl, <laughs> uh, the technique is taking acrylic paint, washing it over, you know, the page, and then uh, cutting it out and collaging it together. Yeah, a little Picasso. My my preschool. This isn't about the. This is just related because it's about the book, I guess. But my preschool experience was that we all made a sock puppet with a green sock, and we cut holes in pieces of paper that had pictures of food, and we would put the food and string it on our arms like beads. And it was like the caterpillar was eating it. And I have fond memories of that book. I I feel like I've made, like, paper crafts with that when I was younger, too. So I mm-hmm. everyone has, like, a very Hungry Caterpillar story about mm-hmm. their art and class with that book. When I think about illustrations in children's books nowadays, so I'm a little old for this book, but I have still read them because I have a younger brother, is Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Even if you haven't read them, you've seen, like, memes online or, like, Classic. you've seen the art, like, it, like, I'm not being mean. It's a little dumb, but, like, also it's really shapes the book. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it's genius. Um, like I said, a good line art is relatable and accessible, but then they do it with such a specific style that it's unique to them and instantly recognizable. On that book, I feel like I've read, like, five in a row, like, in one night because I was like, oh, my God love rally or mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever but i was like this art though like i wish mm-hmm. i could i could do that to be honest even though it's super simple but also not simple to some people like me right it is having a big resurgence i feel like in meme culture and even in the aesthetic of i don't know the use i logged on to depop the other day and someone was selling uh rally earrings and i was like for what but Cool. I also never read Dive Wimpy Kid, but because my younger sister was the target audience, I flicked through. And I le- I also liked reading the comic book page, uh, or the comic strip in the daily paper, which my grandpa used to do the crossword puzzles, and then he would leave the crossword puzzles for me to go and look at the comics. And I felt like Dive Wimpy Kid was just like reading a collection of like the Sunday comics. That's so funny. My dad used to save the comics for me after he read the paper, and hmm. I remember Zit. Do you remember Zit? That comic? <gasps> Is that the one with the blonde guy with the big nose as the protagonist? I like that. Wow. That Apparently, that's my life in a comic book. I, I mean, I don't know. My dad always had that. Um, but, yeah, oh. I can see the comparison with um, comics to Diary Would Be Kid, 100%. I guess a great sidebar with children's books is children's like graphic novels and probably Diary of a Wimpy Kid and um, Captain Underpants <gasps> also could fall into that category. So I feel like but, Captain Underpants was a little, I think I was a little too old for that, but I still know mm-hmm. about Captain Underpants because everyone does. Mm-hmm. My dad purchased me a set of like young adult graphic novels um, like two years ago as an adult just because it's just really cute. And it's just about a girl girl going through her middle school life. I read the first one. That's all. Okay. So we're going to play a game, but also discuss some things. Um, mm. I named it Watch or Pass. Um, it's going to be mm. Watch or Flop. 
But that doesn't really make sense at first. So we're going to watch your past. Right. We're going to do movie adaptions to books. So you have to tell me if you would have other people watch it or they should pass on it if they've never seen it. Okay? Okay. So first one is what I haven't seen but you really like, City of Ember. Would you ask people to watch it or would you tell them to pass? Yeah. The City of Ember was a phenomenal book for me as a kid. Watching the movie in theaters was a good time, but ultimately pretty pretty disposable, pretty non-necessary. However, it has young Saoirse Ronan in it, and she is a queen in 2020 cinema, as you know. And for that experience alone, I highly recommend it. I could do a whole darn podcast on Saoirse Ronan because mm-hmm. she has changed my life of a movie queen. Like, I just can't even – I okay, Saoirse Ronan, A+, plus, City of Ember, watch. Okay, so we're going to – next, we're going to go Aragon. What do you think? I'm going to – for this one, I'm going to say watch. I don't know why I read the books. Fantasy is not my thing, but I, I like the movies and the books. It was a good time, and I don't remember the main actor, but I do remember being kind of in love with him, so that helps if you're a young girl. Ed Spleers. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, mm. Spleers. Um, but I anyways, think, I, why do I know you have a fanfic? You have a Tumblr about him. I can just tell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was on my binder in eighth grade. Um, there we but, go. True confession. But I did read the book in uh, eighth grade, like, reading class. Like, we had to read the book. And I mm. loved it. I loved the movie. And, yeah, definitely a watch. So, next one, Chronicles of Narnia. What do you think? Oh, oh, that's a sensitive subject for uh, kids who grew up in the church, I guess. Um, it's very infamously, I guess, um, a story of the Bible and of Christ, his sacrifice on the cross. And Aslan, uh, I read the series with my dad probably one and a half times through as a kid, and it was a very, it was my Harry Potter. It was very magical, um, beautiful, exciting series. Um, then Disney picked it up, and they only got through, like, the first three. I think they did Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, Voyage of the Dawn, Treader, and Prince Caspian, and there's seven books total, and it is the fact knowing that the series is never going to be completed just makes the first three movies that much harder to watch, <laughs> if that makes sense, because you know that it's not going to go anywhere. I loved one, The Witch in the Wardrobe. I think it's as a movie, you know, I'd give it a B-plus perhaps, but a great time. And I, I think it did the conversion pretty well. I remember reading... I didn't read the books as, like, the books. I read them as the Disney version turned into a book. Like, the short, like, you know, okay. like the big font, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think I had that book somewhere. I really enjoyed the movies, and then I, I think I bought that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a watch. Let me tell you that. Mm-hmm. We're going to go Nancy Drew, but Emma Roberts edition. Watch her Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did you, Chris, did you read Nancy Drew as a kid? No. <laughs> okay. I read the first two, 
and I highly identified with it, even though I stopped reading after the first two. Okay, yeah, you want to talk about female baddies, Emma Roberts as Nancy Drew, come on. My favorite thing that was in her, you know, fanny pack of wonders was her little tin of the lemon tart or whatever it was, and she could just schmooze past whatever security guard she needs by offering them the lemon bar that her, like, nanny makes, and they're like, this is the best lemon bar ever. She's like, yeah, it is. Let me through. I literally forgot all about that until you said something. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so, yes or no, watch her pass. On oh, watch, but not, right? uh, not just watch, but actually a must watch. Okay, we'll write that down so um, in a blog post sometimes. Annika says watch Nancy Drew with Emma Roberts. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so these ones I'm pretty proud of. So, let's say... Series of unfortunate events, movie and Netflix show. I gotta defer to you. I have not delved into that universe at all. No. Okay. So. Well, I then you're talking my... to me. Do I need to watch or pass? Okay. 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 On your audience. I was obsessed with the movie when it first came out. With um, I cannot think of anybody's name. Jim Carrey. Um. Yes. That movie loved it. So I started reading, like, the books, I think up to, like, four I read up to. Um, So good. And then the Netflix show came out, and I hated it. I thought that was a pass beyond belief, and I couldn't get through with it. So if I have to tell you to watch one thing or another, the movie, to me, really embodied the books more. It's funny because Jude Law plays Lemmy Snicket which is the narrator of the movie. Yeah. And you would have no idea it was Jude Law until you looked it up online. Mm. We love that. We love a good um, hidden actor. Okay. This is a big one. Next one. Peter Pan with Jeremy Sumter. <gasps> with Jeremy Sumter, meaning with Robin Williams? That one? No, that's Hook. Peter Pan is the one with the, the curly blonde hair kid. Um, Aww. Yeah. Uh, I I think I've only watched Hook, honestly. That's yeah. totally fine. I've never watched Hook. Peter Pan with Jeremy Sumter. I'm going to say um, 10 out of 10, have to watch before you die. Um, <laughs> Noted. This next one. Ooh, are you ready for this one? Yeah. Bridge to Terabithia. No, you did not just bring up Bridge to Terabithia. You did not just bring up Bridge to Terabithia. Heartbreaking. I want to say no one should read it because you will not be the same. But that's life, baby. That was my first traumatic experience as a child. But, like, not really. But, like, I was not the same little kid after reading and watching that. You think you're in for a good time. And they really just hit you with the real world, which is mortality. I read – no, I watched the movie first. That happens a lot. I watched the movie first. And then even if it's a kid's book, I pick it up and read it. So I happened with that with Bridge of Yeah, I, re- I watched the movie and um, freaked out a little bit. And then I mm-hmm. freaking read the book because I knew it was going to happen, but I still cried at that kid's book. Oh, my God. So my first traumatic movie experience was Bambi. Like, I cried when I was, like, three <gasps> years old at that movie. Yeah. But also Bridge to Terabithia, I read as, like, or watched, like, as I got older, which is still, I'm going to say – traumatic yeah a moment for anna sophia rob yes she also absolutely killed it in the willy wonka remake with johnny depp 
That's what I was about to say. <laughs> nice. That's my next well, one. I have Charlie the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp. Watch yes. or pass. Oh, my gosh. Iconic. I must watch. All camp. Just delightful. I was actually going to loop us back around to Raw Doll because, like, James and the Giant Peach, the Big Friendly Giant. I love Danny, champion of the world. Incredible story. Willy Wonka, masterpiece. Willy Wonka, Johnny Depp version is a huge pass for me. I hate it. No way. Yeah. Terrifying to me. What yeah. grinds your gears? Johnny Depp's version of Willy Wonka, maybe? The Oompa Loompas freaked me out. Like, I get, like, they're supposed to be a little, like, unnerving, but, like, they're, mm, okay. Someone died, they danced. Like, it just freaked me out. Have you watched the, um, the first one? Well, that was really young. I don't think I'm a huge fan of the story, to be honest. That's I fair. think that's it. That's fair. It isn't very unnerving. Did you ever see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh, years ago. Similar concept in the fact that it's children protagonists hanging around some really kooky adults where as a child you're just eating it all up and then you watch it as an adult and you're like, this is just a mess. This is no child should watch this or take anything away from this movie. Yeah. That's, um, was that Dick Van Dyke? Was that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yeah. So good. We love him. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to ask you a very controversial one for Watch or Pass. Um, Ooh. I enjoy this one. I'm going to say this is a watch for me, but Harry Potter 4, Goblet of Fire. Okay. Listen, now it's time for my big secret. I was homeschooled for like most of my life, and I, I, I have not seen it. The fourth one. I just watched the first Harry Potter like last year. I missed the boat. I missed the boat. Well, the thing is, okay, so Harry Potter four has Robert Pattinson in it, and like I love him, but also I think it's my this is my favorite book of the series. It's my favorite movie, and my mom falls asleep every single time she watches it, and I watch it a lot. And so a lot of people are giving it flack because it's just stupid. Oh my god, the hair. Ron Weasley and Harry Potter have, like, a 70s shag in this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think it really um, awakened me as a, a young girl, uh, loved mm. it. Um, but also, mm. I think it's, like, action-packed and sad, and, like, everyone's like, this movie's dumb. I was like, but the book is iconic. But you still say the movie was iconic then. Oh, my God, yeah, both. Book and movie are my favorite ones. Yeah, 100%. So I have one last one, actually. Did you ever read – I didn't read all – I read the first two books. Percy Jackson. I read the first one probably as a sophomore or junior in high school. So I had kind of like – I was a bit too old. But, again, great world building. Love it. I think the movie – I named my first car after Percy. Um, and then my second Aww. car right now is Annabeth, which is like the girl – and then my third car, whenever I get it, like, I don't have it right now, obviously, is going to be Grover, which is, like, the third man in the trio. So um, that was my obsession with them. Yeah, I would say everyone hates the movie. I'm saying it's a watch because of Logan Lerman. Oh, Logan Lerman. So, Annika, to end this podcast and this discussion, I want to ask you what book character stuck with you the most in your life? Mm. I've thought about it. And? My first one would have to just be Nancy Drew. I know we talked about that already, but she is just the pinnacle of an action female who knows what to do, can't 
get caught off guard because she's just always prepared. Um, I also would say Amelia Bedelia because if we're being honest, I pro- we all think a little bit too literally, and I loved idiom, I guess. And that made sense for me. And then I would, last one, we can put Katniss Everdeen. You can't not acknowledge the power of Hunger Games, especially on my demographic. My hands over my heart. Hmm. So my three fingers in the air. I don't think that's going to translate to podcast audio very well. I love that so much. Mine is something, someone I wouldn't probably want to be, but I was, I'm going to say Peter Pan. My story with that is I read Peter Pan by J.M. Barry, which is the actual, like, Peter Pan man. Original. Um, I should say Peter Pan writer. I had the original book. I brought it everywhere with me. I went to a hospital uh, around freshman year of high school, and they had to check my book in case it had something dangerous in it. And they lost it. No. It was my favorite book, and it had no, like, Disney, like, like, woo-doo-doo-doo. Branding. Yeah, it was Peter Pan, and I loved it. I didn't, like, identify with, like, Wendy at all, but I was like, Peter Pan is my man. And so Mm. when they lost it, I was devastated. And I Mm. went up to that hospital desk every day for a week saying, where's my book? When I got out of the hospital, I told this story to my best friend at the time. And she went to Borders when it was closing. And Mm. she bought me a hardcover J.M. Barry Peter Pan book, which I still have, um, which is super sweet of her. Of course, I'm still bitter about the hospital one, but, like, it's just Peter Pan is something, something I connect with. I think it is because I read it during a hard time in high school, mm. and I just latched onto something that wasn't me, as in, like, mm. I was sick of being myself, let alone being rebellious in high school. So I was like, Peter Pan, that's, that's mm-hmm. who I want. Well, Annika, I just want to say thank you for this amazing conversation. And being on Girl Almighty, do you have anything you want to add? I think next up is starting a book club. I think that's the next move. Honestly, you're talking my language. When I say Girl Almighty loves you, that means I love you. So have a great day. And thank you for being on my podcast. Megan, thank you so much for allowing me to barge in on your podcast series. This has been so fun. And I hope we get to do it again in the future. Thank you guys for listening to Girl Almighty. Please subscribe on any platform that you're listening to this podcast on.